tonight about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And so the scripture we're looking at for a text is Matthew, the sixth chapter. And notice with me in the 33rd verse, Matthew six and verse 33 says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be what? Added to you. So as we seek first the kingdom of God, as we put him first place in our lives and all that we do, you know what? We are in a great position for him to add to us. So while we're pursuing him, all these blessings then can come upon us and overtake us. Why? Because we've got our priorities right. We're not running around looking for things. We're not running around in the paper chase. We're not running around looking for someone to bless us. No, we're running after him. Amen. My soul thirsteth for thee, O God. Amen. Tom Tenney wrote a book years ago called God Chasers. Seeking the Lord. Amen. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, if things are not being added to you, I'd look right there. And I'd ask myself, am I really seeking first the kingdom of God or am I first? Am I seeking, you know, my own kingdom first? Am I seeking my own way first? So if it, if things are just not being added to you and and uh, it just seems like it's been that way for a long time this is one gate that i would check i would ask myself am i seeking first the kingdom of god now paul addressed this to the church at philippi in the second chapter in verse 19 he says but i trust in the lord jesus to send timotheus shortly unto you that i also may be of good comfort when i know your state For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Now notice with me in verse 21, it says, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Of course, that's Philippians chapter 2 and verse 21. Another translation says this, For the others all seek to advance their own interests. They're seeking to advance their own interests. That's what seeking your own means, your own interests. Not those of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. You see, I was getting ready to come tonight, and I was about ready to get into my vehicle, and I just believe this, this thought came to me, if you seek your own, you're on your own. Couldn't we all say that? If I seek my own, if you seek your own, then in a sense, we're on our own. Now, we know that he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. But how many of you know, when you got him first place at the top of every decision, when you have him first place at the top of your day, when you don't try to figure out life with your noodle and you just put your trust and confidence in him, you're not seeking your own. You're seeking his kingdom. I don't want to be on my own. If a person's on their own, then guess what? They're the ones that need to meet their own need. 
And did you notice we all make a very, very, we don't make a good God. God never intended for us to meet our own need. That's why he said, I'll meet your need. And I'll do it according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Lots of people have gotten in trouble, big trouble, by seeking their own. I, I can I can talk about some of these things now, I won't say any names, but people have literally moved out of the area for a better job, not really checking out the church that was in that area. And as a result, some of them never got in church. Now, don't misunderstand me. I know it takes time to find the church. And I'm not specifically talking about anybody here. I'm talking about decades ago. People that have left and never really found their church. You see, they were seeking their own. It was, it was the, the dollar bill that they were led by. The dollar bill makes a bad God. Nowhere in the word of God does it say for as many as are led by dollar bills. They are the sons of God. Oh, you'll have plenty of dollar bills if you'll seek him first. Now, it doesn't always happen overnight. Amen. Oh, man, if you're faithful, if you are a faithful man, if you are a faithful woman, you just count on it. You will flourish. You will increase. You will be enlarged. God will see to it that all your needs are met plus. Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, I'm not seeking my own. We're seeking first the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom of God is the realm where God's will is done. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. And the will of God is done in the kingdom of God. Now, not everything that's happening in the earth is the will of God. And you'll hear things like this. Well, now, brother, God is in control. Oh, is he now? Is he really? No, God is not in control of those are those that are of another kingdom. There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness, and then there's the kingdom of God. Jesus is the king in the kingdom of God. The small g, God of this world, is the illegitimate king of this world system. And he is very nervous. Why is that? Because he knows that his day is coming and that his lease is running out. And soon and very soon, he's going to be in the bottomless pit. But we don't want to be deceived. We don't want to be thinking, well, you know, God is in control. God is sovereign. No. Was God in control of that situation that happened on 9-11? Was God in control of the recent bombings that just happened in Paris, France? Is God in control of a rapist and a pedophile? Absolutely. God's got nothing to do with that. Not my God. Amen. And so there's, there's two kingdoms. You and I have the privilege of being in the kingdom of God. Woo, glory to God. I said, we, are in the, we got a privilege of being in the kingdom of God. So he is Lord. He is the king over those who have made him Lord. Well, now, brother, you just never know. You know. If you get in the word of God, you'll know. Now, go over to Colossians chapter 1. And let's look at verse 12. 
Colossians, the first chapter, the 12th verse. I'm in the kingdom and the kingdom's in me. I'm in the kingdom and the kingdom's in me. Sound familiar? (laughs) Say it with me. I'm in the kingdom and the kingdom's in me. Is that right? That's right. It's not the force, it's the kingdom. (laughs) Whoo, glory. All that stupid junk out there, man. Crystals and Jedis and... It's a good entertainment, but a Jedi makes a real bad God. Amen. I'm in the kingdom and the kingdom's in me, Tony. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1, notice with me in verse 12. Got to have some fun here tonight. Colossians 1.12 says this. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or able. Now notice, to be partakers of what? Now, when are we going to partake of this inheritance? Religious people say, when we all get to heaven, I'll tell you what we're going to do now. Jonathan, we're going to sing and we're going to shout the victory when we all get to heaven. But right now, it's going to be really tough. No, don't wait to get to heaven to sing and shout the victory. Start singing and shouting the victory here on earth and God will give you some heaven here on earth. Amen. Glory to God. This kingdom that you and I are in is a kingdom of priests unto God. This kingdom that we are in is a kingdom of praisers. Amen. So now notice Colossians 1.12 again. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us able to be partakers of, now here it is, the inheritance of the saints in light. So as a child of God, you have an inheritance. And this inheritance is on both sides. It's on this side of heaven, but it's also while you're in heaven. There's an inheritance in glory. But there's an inheritance for you and I right now. Woohoo! Right now. How many of you could use a little natural inheritance right now? Amen? We have an inheritance. Now, what is part of this inheritance is found over in Luke chapter 12. Let's look at Luke, the 12th chapter. Keep tracking this through. Luke, the 12th chapter in verse 32. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I get excited. Luke chapter 12, verse 32 says, fear not, little flock. It is your father's. Good pleasure. Doesn't just say his pleasure, but it's his good pleasure to do what? To give you the kingdom. We have an inheritance, and part of our inheritance is the kingdom. His kingdom and dominion is where his will is being done. Now back to Colossians chapter 1 and notice with me in verse 13. 
Giving thanks to the Father, made us able to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. Fear not, little flock, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The word kingdom there literally means to give you the reign. R-E-I-G-N, reign. When he says, don't be afraid, I've given you the kingdom, that means I've given you the reign. Or I've given you kingdom dominion. Amen. I've given you kingdom authority. And of course, we'll take a look at that at another time. But we begin to pray about the keys of the kingdom are a part of that kingdom reign. Amen. Now notice in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Let's read this one together if we could. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translate us into the kingdom of his dear son. Another translation says the father has delivered and drawn us to himself. Now notice out of the control and the dominion of darkness. So now that we're in the kingdom and we have kingdom reign, the kingdom of darkness has no more dominion over me. It has no more dominion over you. Because you've been drawn to himself. You have been translated, taken from one kingdom into another kingdom. And you've been transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love. And there is a vast difference between those two kingdoms. Now, I don't remember very well what it was like to be out there in darkness, but I do remember it was pretty ugly. How many of you can kind of have little shades of memory about your past? We don't want to go too far into the past because right now we're new creations. But I know one thing over in that kingdom, there was no joy. All there was over in the kingdom of darkness was great, great sorrow. There were days of depression, not days of glory. There were days of sorrow and not days of joy. Sorrow, depression, comes from the kingdom of darkness. Amen. And this is why one of the reasons... Why we talk so much about who we are now and what we have in Christ Jesus. Because if you don't, people that are in the kingdom of God will live like and talk like and act like they're still over there in darkness. And that's why it is the entrance of his word that gives us light. Amen. This kingdom that we're in is not a kingdom of darkness. It's a kingdom of light. See, over in the kingdom of darkness, there's despondency. There's hopelessness. Oh, it's another day. Don't know whether I can make it through another day. In that kingdom, there was no hope because we were without God and without a covenant in the world. But oh, in the kingdom of God, where Jesus is Lord and we seek him first. Oh man, you talk about hope. You talk about looking at your future with a smile on your face. You can be filled and be bubbling over with the hope that God has given you in this kingdom. Now, there are days and there are times where we all have to stir our hope up. Amen? 
Because the devil, who is the, who is the author of darkness, will try to make things look really bleak, and he will always tell you, no way, why don't you stop believing, you don't have vision, why don't you just quit? Anybody ever heard those lies? But oh, thank God, there's someone on the inside of you, and there's someone on the inside of me that just won't let us quit that won't let us throw in the towel. There's the Holy Ghost living in you and living in me who brings us hope and it brings us cheer and brings us joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, this kingdom that's on the inside of us needs to be stirred up. How many of you have ever had to just grab yourself up by your bootstraps? And say, look, you're not talking that way anymore, boy. You're not thinking that way anymore. It's a new day. I'm in a new kingdom. I'm a new man. I've got new vision. I've got fresh vision. Watch out tomorrow. Here I come. Because God is on my side. He is for me. Say it real strong with me. If God be for me. Who then? can be against me. If God be for me, nothing can ever stop me. Jesus doesn't have any stop in him. God doesn't have any stop in him. Amen? And in him we live and move and have our being. Glory to God. So stir up this kingdom On the inside of you. In his kingdom there is peace. In the kingdom of darkness there is stress. Depression comes out of the kingdom of darkness. But oh thank God. Say with me the joy of the Lord. Lord Is my strength. Now here's another thing that we, we, we need to understand. And we need to get really clear in our spirits. The enemy will tell you and lie to you and try to sow this into your mind. Oh, the will of God is just so hard. It's just so difficult. It seems like every time I step out to do something for God, the devil this and the devil that and the devil this and the devil that. Because he's trying to stop what God is doing in my life. That's a lie straight from the bit of hell. Stop being so devil conscious and be more greater inside minded conscious and move into your tomorrows with faith. Oh yeah, he'll try to stop you, but so what? He tried to stop Jesus. And he did temporarily. But oh, thank God, early Sunday morning. I said early Sunday morning. The God that's more than enough said, it is enough. And the Spirit of God raised him from the dead. Amen. Oh, the will of God is just, it's just so hard. I know I've had people look at me, oh, how can you pastor for 35 years? It just, it... It just must be heart rendering. It must just see, be so difficult. And they, they kind of have this pity look on their face. And sort of like, are you mentally ill pastoring for that long? Pastoring in California? Yeah, I'm pastoring in California. Yeah, I'm having revival in my soul. No, I'm not quitting. 
Oh, but you know, you better not say that. The devil will hear you. Well, we say it for his benefit. Is that right? We declare our redemptive rights for his benefit. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know. The, oh, San Francisco is so tough. San Francisco is so hard. Oh, everybody's got the same story. Whether you be in Wilmer, Minnesota or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, people will say, oh, you know, there's just so many religious spirits. Yeah, what of it? They that be with us. They that be with us are greater. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. Oh, I don't know, brother. Ah, the will of God. The will of God. It's, I tell you, it's so hard. No, it didn't. Here's what I do. I just do my job and take a nap. George Amaral does his job and goes golfing. If you ride a motorcycle, you just do your job and go blow some leaves. Don't stress out. If you stress out, you'll burn out. And when you burn out, you become useless in the kingdom of God. The opposite of burning out is to burn on. I love what Paul wrote to the church at Rome. And I believe it's Romans, the 12th chapter and the 11th verse. If you'd like, turn there with me. Romans 12. This is good tonight. Man, it's just good to be here. I mean, what a privilege it is to be able to speak to you tonight. Glory to God. I don't see empty chairs. I see full chairs. I see people full of the Holy Ghost. In Romans, and the 12th chapter, 11th verse, notice this with me. It says, not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent in, in other words, not lazy when it comes to kingdom business. But on fire, fervent in spirit, never lagging in zeal. But as the Amplified says, ever aglow with the spirit. Now, some of you ladies perhaps attended the old aglow meetings. Amen. Aglow came from that scripture. Aglow with the spirit. Amen. That's the will of God. For us to be aglow and to stay aglow and not to burn out, but to burn on. You know, sometimes I get over in prayer and I see th- some things in my spirit. And uh, the other night when we were praying and Brenda was leading us in prayer, I didn't really have anything to get on the microphone. But I was standing over here in the back and I saw, as it were, torches. And I saw people from this church carrying torches. But they were not walking with the torches. They were running with them. In other words, they were running with the fire. Hallelujah. They were running with the vision. They were running for the goal of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Some of you were running to the nations. I saw that in my spirit. There's going to be more in our church that will be carrying the torch. And they'll be running to the nations. But they'll not be going with the flick of a bick. But they'll be going fully equipped 
with fire. Hallelujah. And as they run and as they go, they'll start a fire here and they'll start a fire there. And great, great shall be the goodness of God. Not only in this place, but also in other nations. I see torches in other cities in the Bay Area. Those torches represent churches. And they're not churches as usual. But they're churches of fire. They're not churches of intellectualism. They're not churches of reasoning. They're churches of revelation. And they're churches of fire. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know anything about that. I don't know everything about it. But glory to God, I'm willing. How about you? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you would like to be a torch bearer? (laughs) Run with the fire. Run with the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm. I don't feel old. I feel young. Yeah, come on, speak it I really don't. I don't feel. I don't feel like I'm 66 years old. I feel like I'm more like 46. Yeah. Do you suppose God could add some years to us, PT? Yeah. He said it'd be added to you. Yep. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah. You suppose He could renew your youth like the eagles? I mean, (laughs) George has got both hands up. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. And I'll tell you another thing he can do. He can take what the enemy meant for evil and he can turn it around for good. And he can restore to you the years that the enemy has robbed you from. Woo! Glory to God. (laughs) Torch. Torch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't need intellectual churches. We don't need three points in a poem pastors. We need men and women of fire. Men and women of fire. Dad Hagen said before he went on to be with the Lord, and incidentally, Kenneth Hagen, I don't want to call him junior, I get in trouble for that. Pastor Kenneth Hagen is coming along with his, his wife, Lynette. Now, those morning meetings are meetings of fire and they're meetings of prayer. So if you can come to those meetings, it's going to be just so good. But Kenneth E. Hagen, my spiritual father, and many of you spiritual father, said this. He said, what God is doing in this day and in this hour, he's raising up local churches. He's raising up local churches. That'll be moving with the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. That will be moving with the Spirit and moving with the Word. Strong local churches. Amen. Thank you for that enthusiasm. All right. (laughs) I don't know. It just fuels me. So I've been translated out of darkness. How about you? So the kingdom, back to the kingdom... The kingdom over which God rules is the realm in which the will of God is fulfilled. In Matthew 6.10, 
Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven, so shall it be in earth. In other words, when you pray thy kingdom come in the United States of America or in your family, you're praying that the reign of God would invade any darkness that would show its head up. You're praying that the will of the enemy would be annihilated and the will of God would be accomplished. In other words, you don't have to make it real spicy and way out there. You just say, Lord, I'm inviting your rulership in you to rule over that situation. Now listen, just as Jesus preached the kingdom of God, we've been called to do the same thing. Now notice with me in Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. Luke the 8th chapter, the first verse. He says, and it came to pass, and we, we looked at this last week. Luke the 8th chapter, the first verse. It came to pass afterwards that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing what? Or the good news of the kingdom of God. And notice with me, he was mentoring the twelve, and the twelve were with them. And so he was preaching the good news of the kingdom. And then if you go over to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, you see something else, that part of the kingdom of God is preaching repentance. Did you know that? Now, Jesus came to save and to seek that which was lost, without a doubt, right? But do you know that his main message was not acceptance? You know, there were a couple guys on television years ago. And uh, this one moderator was asking this one preacher, and this preacher's a good man. And he was asking him, well, why did, you know, what, what's, what's up with Jesus? Why, why did he come? What was his main message? He said his main message was acceptance. But did you know that's not true? His main message was not acceptance. His main message in the kingdom of God was repentance. And those who need to repent, when they do, guess what? They get accepted. Now, most people think, well, when he came, he came to preach acceptance. People really like that because, you know, they say, well, he'll, he, he accepts my lifestyle. You know, he, he accepts the fact that, you know, I'm living with this person. Or he accepts the fact that A, B, C, D. I don't want to go into it, okay? But the main message that he preached, and it's still a message that needs to be preached today. He preached repent. In other words, he preached change. I get appalled sometimes at the amount of Christian people living together that are not married. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Well, we don't want to get on that soapbox. I'll just be quiet about that. But notice with me in Matthew four seventeen, it says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach... And to say, I love you all. I accept all of your lifestyles. Whatever they may be. Uh Uh-uh. No, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. For what? I'm going to take my jacket off. You guys got me working tonight here. (laughs) Repent. Why? Because the kingdom... Of God, listen, it's within your reach. 
It's right here. And in this kingdom, there's rescue. In this kingdom, there's salvation. In this kingdom, there's healing. So as you turn from that and turn to me, the kingdom of God, which is at hand, is within your reach for you to receive. Amen. Now, we don't walk around with a condemnation message. We don't walk around to sinners out there in the world and stand on some sort of a soapbox and say, Repent! No, we share the good news. We share that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Come on, somebody. That whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what we share, the good news of the kingdom. Now notice in Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them. Now notice, the disciples were with them and then he calls them together. And he gave them power and authority. Everyone say power and authority. Over what? Over all devils and to cure diseases. And verse 2, read it with me. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. How many of you know that healing and deliverance are part of the good news? Say it with me real strong. His will prevails in his kingdom. And so, then, let's bring it down to where we live. This kingdom that's in us, right here in Hayward, this kingdom is being proclaimed and demonstrated now through us. And when the kingdom of God is properly proclaimed and demonstrated, mark it down, there will be healings everywhere. There will be signs following. It's like last week, I said it's like popcorn. Pop, pop here, pop, pop there. Glory to God. And in verse 6 of that same chapter, it says, And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So Jesus is the king. And the coming of the presence of the king becomes uniquely manifested through men and women like you and me that are having the kingdom of God within us. Here's what Jesus said. Just a few more moments. He said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world for a witness, and then the end shall come. What kind of witness do you think the world needs? They need the witness found in Mark 16, where Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. We got any believers in the house tonight? He said, in my name they'll cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall what? So then, listen to this. After the Lord had spoken to them, he was received into heaven, sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached what? Everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. As I shared last week, I, I, I came across some teaching on the kingdom of God by Jack Hayford. So I want to close with a quote from him back from April 1st in 1991 at Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California. I love the way he says this. He said, so, day, so today... 
wherever you find people who contend for the realities of the kingdom of God, they never are satisfied for just only having a good teaching. That's fundamental. It's foundational. It's essential. But they expect the Lord to do things that confirm the presence of the rule of God transcending the human order because the power and the glory of God is there. I like what Jack says. Listen to this. He said, it's not, a mat- it's, it's not just a matter of truth, but it is a matter of the Lord confirming the truth and that reality by his presence and power. Listen, folks. This kingdom of God is not a kingdom in word only, but it is also a kingdom of power. So let's stand up.